3: LMFM podcasts. Brought to you with Cartmacross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmacross Credit Union O'Neill Street or CartmacrossCU.ie.
4: The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now Michael at LMFM.ie.
5: Monday morning uh, the 29th of April. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am this is Michael Reed on LMFM. Getting a bullet in your head innocently walking to the local shop or burned to death in your bed when a petrol bomb intended for your neighbour's house comes through your living room window as you sleep innocently in your own bed. The risks local people live with on a daily basis now in Drogheda. Drogheda is a dangerous place the most dangerous town in ireland people are nervous and understandably so we spoke to you last on friday after the latest drive-by shooting on thursday afternoon on hardman's gardens that was followed by a petrol bomb attack in moneymore then on friday night saturday morning another petrol bomb attack in the ashley estate that was followed by Another petrol bomb attack at Springfield Court. Then on Saturday night, Sunday morning, another petrol bomb attack, this time in Lawrence's Park, followed by another petrol bomb attack on Scarlet Crescent, and a third petrol bomb attack on Saturday night, Sunday morning, in Lockboy in Mel. We're joined this morning to talk about the ongoing feud and how there has been a failure in stopping this from escalating by local Finnegal TD, Fergus O'Dowd, and Finifall TD, Declan Branach. Good morning to both of you and thanks for joining us this morning. Fergus O'Dowd, uh, you've uh, said that death is staking our streets. Uh, that makes for a, a very good soundbite or headline. In yeah. fact, it's the front-page headline of uh, the Daily Star. But would you care to apologise to, to the people of Drogheda for your government's failure in protecting them?
6: Well, first of all, Michael, thank you for having me on your show. Secondly, my job is to make sure that the views of the people of Drogheda are brought directly to both the Minister, the Taoiseach and the Guard Commission. But as
5: a representative Michael, of the I, government, I, I, but I've asked you, you can a you question... attack me if you want. No, I'm not oh, going no, to attack no, you. No, 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 no,
6: no, no, I want to give you the facts. No, I've asked you
5: like you to answer the question. Would you like to apologise to the people of Drogheda for the government's failure to protect them?
6: Of course people are very vulnerable. Of course I'm very distressed and concerned about it. And of course I make sure that the Taoiseach the Minister for Justice, the Garda Commissioner is fully and absolutely aware of my concerns and indeed the concerns of the people of the town. But would you I, like I to apologise no. to people I, I, I ha- for Finnegale's well, failure to police this town? Thank you, Michael. I think and I absolutely state that there ought to be a lot more... Look, you, you want me to say I'm sorry the way things are? Of course I am. No. No, I of course... Everybody's sorry the way things yeah, no, are. No, but Michael, come here. I'm, Who's I'm responsible here. for it? Well, obviously the criminals who... who I want to get this right with you because this is too serious to have a personal row over first of all, the criminals need to be controlled. Mm. Secondly, there aren't enough Guardi in the town. Yeah. Thirdly, mm. I brought the Minister responsible, Charlie Flanagan down to Moneymore. I brought the Taoiseach has met with the Garda Superintendent. So the political system and I've written three times, not once not twice, but three times to the guard Commissioner about this issue. Of course I accept responsibility for what for what is not happening and that's why I'm making sure that the Minister and the guard Commissioner are Acutely and absolutely aware but when they of don't act. When, when they don't when act, the it's a is, failure okay. to protect people. And you are here as their yeah, representative Michael, okay. today, are okay. you not? Uh, I am, of course. I'm here as representative of the people of the people of Drogheda, and I want to articulate and thank you for giving me the opportunity mm. oh, to well, make I'm, the point. And the point is very clear. I have spoken to Charlie Flanagan mm. on, on sorry on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday. I'll speak to him after this program. He met with the Garda Commissioner. On Friday morning, around mm. 10 a.m., to express my concerns and his concerns about Jesus. No, right, l- l- well, let me just go on. Uh, he also met with. The, no, but we're all concerned for but it's too serious, Michael, as you said at the outset. It's I'm too to serious for these on. verbal games. Yeah, I mean,
5: yeah, everybody so agrees. Can, can, everybody wants something done. You want done. to know do what you, I'm do do doing? I am a. I didn't ask. I didn't no, ask you what you were no, doing. I'm
6: telling you what I'm doing. He met with the assistant. But I didn't ask you what you were doing. I know, but I met with the assistant commissioner on Saturday. Sorry, he met with the assistant on Saturday morning. I've spoken to the Taoiseach. Uh, I, I have written for the third time to Garda mm. Commissioner and what the, what I was assured last night by the Minister for mm. Justice, that there are Thankfully, at long last, armed guards hmm. in the streets of Drogheda and more guards right. are coming. That's so great. My que- Hold did, on, did, I'm not finished minister- yet, Michael. Ah, no. but can we not it, ask questions? Yeah, you can, but let me finish my point. Uh, the, the question is still outstanding is how many Guardi are coming yeah. and how long are they going to stay? Well, that's, that's the point. Question, that's yet. the point. Uh, did you ask, uh, will the
5: armed Response that's in Drahada now course. remain in place unlike the last time when we were promised everything. We were promised all of the protection that there was and the armed response... And it was removed had... and
6: that was wrong and yeah. I accept that. Uh, I know, th- I should know that. Should the
5: Commissioner or the Minister apologise for that?
6: Uh, well, I think I've asked for the Minister. The Minister has visited Drahada. I think he should visit again and I've asked the appropriate place well, should for... He, should, should can he can I make my point, Michael? The appropriate place for both the Commissioner... But you've made your point. The, no, I haven't made this point to you, Michael, is to come to the local policing okay, committee... Right. Yeah. To, to address the yeah, issues. Now no, you don't you don't try and imply that I am not behind the people in this issue. Mm. I am. I'm not I trying don't, to imply don't that. Imply you're by I'm by not the way, trying hold on a second. Mm. I'm telling you the facts. Yes. The facts are we don't have enough guarding. Yeah. The facts are we're going to get them and I'm mm. going to make sure of it as best I can. Okay. I am not a minister, mm. but I am a TD and I'm speaking for my people. Yes. And you better understand that Michael because mm. that's what I'm doing. Well, absolutely and, and, I understand. And also and, also, and that's what I'm asking you to. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you'd let me do it, but I am of interrupting. letting you do it. Let me, let, well, hear this loud no, and clear. Well, well, I don't want to hear this loud and clear. Okay. Well, then. I'll Well, make you it made less a loud. charge against me, and you no, don't want me no, to you respond. You make an accusation. Me. No, you make I, an accusation against me, but, but you don't as as want a, me to respond. I ask you questions in
5: an interview that you're the interviewee and you don't answer the questions. I am not trying. No, I'm not trying. You're shouting over me with respect. Well,
6: Because you're trying to imply that I'm not doing my job. No, that's not right. I am doing my job, well We listen to it, and you should do yours. I didn't imply that you're not clearly. I didn't imply. The is accusing aware of this issue i didn't and i will be speaking to him later today about this what
5: i said to you was you issued a statement saying death staking our streets, stalking actually michael and
6: that's what it is well a child says, can't walk s-t-a-l-k-i-n-g no, the, well, well maybe i need my glasses but well, I think maybe i need ma- mine <laughs> but, <laughs> but we both agreed yeah. that people can be killed in our streets and that's not acceptable yes it is absolutely unacceptable mm. and i am making clear to you and to all of County Loud, and to the whole damn country, mm. that this is not acceptable. Okay. And I am doing everything I can. I'm not the, I'm not the commissioner. I'm not the minister. They know my views, well, and they you know them I very well. I just theory. asked you,
5: should they apologise for... I have, have no prevention? issue with
6: that. But it's not about you do apology. You have an issue with it, because you wouldn't answer the question. But, and Michael, you, and you, you think that apology makes the difference? What makes the difference no, is the police no, on the street what I'm asking
5: God. for is responsibility I, and accountability. I, I accept responsibility. This, this responsibility. is a oh, situation a that this town I, should not be in. It should not be in, no. Yes, but... but... But it is in. So who is is responsible? The Finnegal government is responsible for it. But
6: the fact is that it's all very well. Put the blame to one side. Let's get. No, but what I'm trying to say to you is unless and until we get the guardie on the streets, you'll be at this again. Like what we want is people safe. You want the same Mm. thing. So let's get it. Yes. And this is the only way to do Mm. it. Yeah. All right. I have no problem with that.
5: Well. I I don't think it's right to put the blame to one side because this no, is a situation no, 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 that I, is not just I, unacceptable. Michael, it's, it's not just dangerous. It's not, it's it. not just no, a situation whereby people are afraid to walk sure. around the corner to the local shop of in, in what Everybody. should be the safest streets in this schools. country, Besides schools, schools the whole lot. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it is one that but has not been prevented. Me,
6: don't try! Don't try and pin on me that I don't care and I'm I not doing my job. I did try and pin on you. You are no, no. That's the issue here. trying to. The issue here, Michael, is getting. On the streets. Yes. The issue is getting the commissioner not to draw. on the streets. Maybe now, they are now. They, they, they are. They are since yeah. last time, but that's not good enough. Yeah. They uh, should uh, have after been here the last four week. days
5: that we had with the all, five petrol bombs yes, uh, Michael, and yeah. a shooting and, 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 in the middle of one uh, of the busiest of streets course, in the town. I accept that absolutely. Yeah, is that what it takes no, to Michael, get some no, guards no, into the no, town? No,
6: no, it no, doesn't, Michael. The last
5: time there was a shooting in Drogheda, there was one guard, a car. Yes. One patrol car yeah. in the town. There, That's the reality
6: of it. Yeah, but here, Michael, uh, here look, is something else that look, you we, might be aware well, 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 of. These are the figures here. Hold on a second. Well, then. let me bring no, in Declan uh, Braddock uh, no, because yeah, he's, been he's very do, patient. Uh, so am I. Just, just here are the figures. For the number of guardian in Drogheda at the first... Sorry, 28th February 2019 was 109. Mm. In Dundalk, it was 145. Now, yeah. the Dundalk guardi need all of their guards. They have 36 more guardi yeah. than we have. You
5: seem to be suggesting that I'm... I, I'm responsible no, for this. So I'll tell, no, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll yeah. ask Charlie Flanagan to apologise. Yeah, okay. I'll ask sure, Drew no Harris no to apologise. Well, I'll call on them to apologise. Well, the the do, question yeah. I was asking you, yeah. would you call on them to uh, apologise for failing? For for fa- it is the issue. The issue is, the, issue is getting he, the guards here. The issue is the failure. You, the issue you, is that they're shooting people in the streets and that they're putting setting houses on fire. Would
6: you? How do we stop What about the people who live next door to these houses that are being set on fire? For God's sake. everybody in the town, Michael? Somebody has to take responsibility. For this. I do care I about didn't this. imply. I, repeat, I, to you, I, didn't I imply. repeat to you. I didn't imply. I repeat you. I Be very sure of this. As a representative you, of the government, as a representative would you prefer of the to apologise? I am speaking on behalf of the people. Let me bring it down, down, Braddock. Yeah, but just before mm. you do, just get this absolutely crystal clear mm. that there's nobody uh, fighting more than me and you and all mm. of the people in mm. this mm. town to get proper cover. And that's a fact. And you can twist it if you want, but you can't take that away. And we need, the only way, the only way we'll, only way we'll get, g- hold on, on a twisted. second, ah, no, the, the only way we'll get guards here is in Declan is by, is by it's by not Bingham 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 fair on Declan Charlie,
5: of course, uh, Declan and, Brannock, uh, Declan and, Brannock, would you call, Declan Brannock, would you call on the Minister or the Commissioner or somebody else who apologised for failing to protect the people of Drogheda?
7: Uh, absolutely. I'm going to start by saying, Michael, good morning. Good morning to you. Good There's morning. a bit of a, a verbal assassination I don't going know. on on radio. I don't
5: know what happened it's there, but it is happening.
7: And, and people involved in a blame game. I'm more interested in solutions to this problem. The it's reality, I,
5: Declan.
2: So am I.
7: Yeah, I, and I'm very aware of that. And if you give me the opportunity to speak, uh, I might uh, develop that particular Theme that you've just raised. Look, it's, it's about finding solutions to the problem. I, I, I do blame uh, the Garda Commissioner and I do blame uh, Charlie Flanagan in relation to this issue. But this, we, we need to uh, roll back slightly here. Uh, this issue was at boiling point ten months ago. I in fact described it almost like a, a simmering incendiary uh, in relation to the intimidation that was going on in relation to the drugs issue. I raised it at Garda level in Gaigher and said that we needed to take action believe it or not this has been politicised. and Fergus knows this and I brought him to task in relation to it uh, when Charlie Flanagan visited the region subsequent to uh, topical issues about both Fergus and I sponsored in the Dáil where we raised the need for action
5: and we discussed that at the time and Fergus O'Dell That's said absolutely. it wasn't political he said it was normal that uh, the well, government well, party TDs would invite the minister to the town at the time though uh, and just and to, that, close to expand uh, uh, then, on then, your then, point like, Declan Brown the minister promised every resource necessary and then he withdrew or the Commissioner no, withdrew the armed Michael, response unit. I, I, no,
6: I, no, to Minister, Michael, just in I, fairness, the Minister was wrong. wrong. Okay, okay, right, fair enough, i
7: right, right, right. right. uh, at, at the time, at the time I said it was wrong for the Minister to politicise us, he should have brought in all the politicians uh, locally, whether it was the policing committee or indeed the TDs and Senator uh, in the area. The reality is, and Fergus O'Dowd knows it as do the other politicians, that public representatives in, in particular in relation to this uh, issue need to work collectively collectively, and with collegiality and cooperation and consensus to bring a result for the people of Drogheda. The people of Drogheda, Fergus is correct, are living with intimidation and fear, and Drogheda's reputation is on the line. We've had Limerick, we have Dundalk, pass so many years ago, which impacted tremendously both on jobs and, and, and the image for the region. The people of Moneymore, or uh, Ashley Heights, or Springfield Court to name just a few in more recent days, deserve the decent people, as I said of and the North East deserve to have the manpower delivered here to solve this issue. But it's not just a question of manpower. It's a question of cooperation, uh, particularly the, as I've said, the eyes and ears of the public mm-hmm. to have the public on the street know who are responsible for this. The Guardian know who are who are the main corporates in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and we and we, Michael, like, as legislators, are obligated to bring legislation Forward, in addition to the
5: Okay, just if just, just I can interrupt you for a moment and just back up for a second, because I think it's all well and good, us sitting here in a local, cosy consensus. And that's what we've been hearing for months. The same message repeated by Fergus O'Dowd, by Declan Brannock, uh, by Imelda Munster, by Jed Nash, regardless of your political colours, people are saying the same thing locally, but it's not happening nationally. And that was the purpose of my original question, which was, should somebody take responsibility for failing to protect the people of Drogheda. And until that happens, and until there's a recognition that that is what happened, perhaps people will continue to be failed.
7: Absolutely. Well, Drogheda is the focus currently, and rightly so. Believe it or not, it's not just about Drogheda. Drogheda is a microcosm of societal issues right across this country. And this is the tip of the iceberg. Somebody must take responsibility. And ultimately, the buck stops with the minister and the Commissioner. The we
0: that. We, if, if
7: we don't uh, absolutely, get
6: the Absolutely. I have case. no issue with taking responsibility mm. for the issue and trying to get it changed. That's my job. But just one small point. When the Minister of Justice came he, he didn't do any interviews. He went down to money more privately because I wanted him to see what was going on there. That's, that was the purpose of it. Uh, it wasn't... Um, it, no, no, in fairness, my uh, in fairness, Declan, you and I have agreed on all things up to now on this. And that that is the actual truth. Now the issue now is that the Garda Commissioner is fully aware of everything he's three letters from me, I'm happy to publish them if anybody wants to read them but I'm deeply concerned about it and I agree with Declan on this one and I've written to the Commissioner last Friday to ask that the Commissioner would come to Drada, meet with all of the TDs from the area, I can give you a copy of the letter mm-hmm. and also meet with the, uh, I also think that he must meet with the local Garda representative committee in the town and I think that's the only Way forward. No, I've I've had lot of I've had a lot of discussions with everybody on this, and I want to move it forward. But part of the problem is that the guardie. They they ask for resources and they're not getting them. Now when, the superintendent yeah, no. told us that on the yes, program no, last Friday. No, I know that, and the issue with that is when. And this is the problem mm. we all have here is when I raised that with the minister, he tells me, and it is a fact that is that that an operational matter, and that's why he saw the commissioner on Friday and saw the deputy commissioner on Saturday. Now I know, and out of that has come whatever has happened. I don't know mm. how many extra guards are coming. I don't know how long they're going to stay. For, okay, the And superin- they're the questions I have for today. But
5: the superintendent yeah. told us that he was no. under resources and he on is. Friday's programme. And, and, and he
6: also told us yeah. and it's that it,
5: But he also told us he believes it's going to get worse I know uh, that too yes I know uh, I mean he, Michael, he, impl- Michael, he implied just I'm, if, I, if I can make this point he implied that he, he, he believed it was going to get worse because of the release of a, an individual from prison yes, uh, which would uh, indicate that he needs
6: additional resources and the bottom line here is that in Limerick the Gardaí always said they had the resources that they needed notwithstanding the evil that was going mm. on there I want the Guardian and to be able to say that they have the resources that they want yep. and that's and everybody job. does and, that and can that's yeah. what we have to yeah. do. Michael, yeah.
7: when, when you hear the GRA calling for armed support 24 uh, 7, not in all areas across this country, alarm bells have to ring. The focus mm-hmm. is currently on Drada, and I would use the old phrase, the strength in numbers, and it, be it politicians, uh, be it uh, Drew Harris or Minister Flanagan, we need to circle the wagons. Absolutely. Decent people of Drada, we need to to work collectively and recognise that if we don't stamp this out in Drogheda, it's going to be elsewhere. The immediate focus is on Drogheda. Drogheda and the people of Drogheda, we all know the success of the flower. We know the success of Boyne Valley tourism. Maybe it should we be cancelled. The ima- we, we, we know the image of mm. is has been growing and growing in terms of its people and and what it has to offer. Did you see the video? I mean, I think a lot of
5: people have seen this video of the shooting on Thursday uh, in the middle of the afternoon. And I think anybody who saw that would question whether this is an appropriate place for the flat to come to.
7: And, and, and that's the difficulty. We have a lawlessness growing in this region. It's, and I've said this, I'm saying it mm. publicly, it's not just about the drugs. We, as you said, we, have had, we had initially attacks at night. Now it has developed into day attacks with mm. Arsenal.
5: As I said uh, at the outset, you could but, get but, a bullet but, in your head going around to your local shop. You could get a bullet in your head going down to an Irish dancing competition is, either. Yeah. I mean, and, and, is it inappropriate? And the, link, and the
7: linkages, Michael, between what's going on in the ATM machines, the paramilitary crime, the guardy mm. intimidation, the local intimidation and indeed uh, right down to kidnapping. These are all interlinked Mm. with people who are lawless lawlessness, who, who engage in lawlessness and pursue... Okay, of I, I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going to go back to Ferguson to
5: concerned O'Dowd, concerned. I'm sorry, and before I do, uh, because I'm going to conclude with Ferguson O'Dowd, I want to stress that not for one moment did I mean I to imply I that, okay. you, no, I that you I had I no interest or that you were I responsible not, for it, I, I uh, what I, I did ask not. was that yeah, would, would think, you call think, on others
6: to apologise for failing well, to protect well, the people of Drogheda because the people of Drahada have not been protected. We all have to
7: apologise for the wrongs and issues.
6: But look, what we want to do is what we're doing now is moving on to get a solution, and the solution is the commissioner and the minister to come to Drogheda uh, The guardi which are deployed, that we know exact, not exactly how many, but how long. Like uh, I mean, there's obviously operational matters, but the armed guardi, the armed patrols, uh, we need. I think on our bridges, if somebody can shoot on one side of the town, drive across the other side without being stopped, is not good enough. Uh, you know, but I do believe and absolutely accept that the local are doing their very best. They're putting their lives, their mm. lives are on the line too. Yeah. And I just I just want to say this, like I mean that I know Michael and I'll show you some issues mm-hmm. afterwards, but like I've been speaking to the Taoiseach about this and I'll be speaking to him later today. And I, we want I'm, to be speaking collectively, Fergus. Michael, yeah, well, no, hold on. What, or sorry. Voice what, what, no, hold on. What, what I've said is, what, what I've said is, is uh, what, my, what I've asked for is them to come to Drogheda, right? That's what I'm asking for, to meet, and I can show you the letter I wrote last Friday, to meet all of the mm. Eroctis members. And that's the only way forward, and I agree. Okay. And that's where it's at.
5: All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you both indeed for joining us uh, this morning. Fine Gael TD, Fergus O'Dowd, and Declan Brannock, who's a TD for Fianna Fáil.
8: Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM.
5: Let's talk about uh, some old-fashioned sex education. No, really, that's sex education that is so old-fashioned it's outdated. This is according uh, to a draft review commissioned by the government. Carl O'Brien is reporting on this review in the Irish Times today as uh, reporting that sex education for most secondary school pupils is outdated and involves lessons on things like like abstinence or risks and dangers. There's little in the way of information about sexual consent, LGBT issues, or positive aspects of relationships. Nolene Blackwell of uh, the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre joins us now. Good morning to you, Nolene. Thanks Good. for joining us. Uh, Good morning, does, Michael. does that coincide, or is it a coincidence that I'm also reading in the papers uh, today uh, of a school in Limerick where three quarters of teenage girls say they've faced pressure to send nude images? On on their mobile phones.
3: And that's, that's part of the problem now is that what young people are facing in terms of how they are growing up and identifying what is good and bad relationships has changed enormously in the past 20 years and the Irish curriculum has not. This review was ordered by the then Minister for Education Richard Bruton a year ago just after the Belfast rape trials where he Said that there was, there had been no look at this for 20 years in the schools since the topic was introduced and that and that something needed to be addressed so the national council for curriculum is the part, is the body that is going to be looking at this draft report and they asked for submissions in the course of uh, last year 2018 and we put in a submission really pleased to see the way that this report seems to be going because we have been involved in training guidance counselors facilitators teachers for the past 10 years in how to deal with children and young people who are growing up and who need to know about, you know, about sex education, but more about relationships. Mm. And this is clearly the way that it needs to go. It's the way it has gone in other countries. It's the way we need to go here. Not saying don't have sex. All right. Maybe you can Mm. say that in the context of saying here's what a healthy relationship looks like. And we know because we run on the national 24 for our health plan. we know from people who come into us, as do the other rape crisis centres around the country, all know that a lot of the harm that is done is done by people simply not knowing what good relationships look like and not understanding why they feel so upset. So we just last mm. week, we had somebody on the phone who was just talking about how unhappy she was and she really couldn't she hadn't the language to explain that what had happened to her was non-consensual sexual assault and that she literally didn't know how to process that within herself because she didn't know enough about what consent was like or what positive relationships in the context of young people who are beginning to explore their own sexuality, and um, their their confronting various gender issues they're confronting a whole lot of things through the internet through pornography oh, and, and, and through these are the things
5: that have changed the world the world has changed but the message hasn't changed has it i mean i started off by saying old-fashioned sex education and the message is twofold respect respect for yourself and respect for others
3: Absolutely, that's at the core of it. If, if children can feel, and young people growing up, can feel that understanding within themselves, I am entitled to respect for my own body and my own dignity, and I must respect everybody else's. I think I would have said to you before, Michael, mm. that I think this could start when children are very, very young, not in the context of sex education, yeah. but in the context of bullying or whatever might be going on, physical assault. And then as they go through school, a good school will give them formation will help them to understand that emotionally they're changing but that those things that you mentioned don't change respect for yourself respect for somebody else and trying to give people the language to understand what consensual sexual activity looks like how they are entitled to say yes and to say no and how to understand how other people are feeling and dealing with an evolving relationship. Very hard mm. in an age where, you know, you're flicking a dating site and you're flicking somebody on and off in seconds. Mm. But just those basics, if, if, if they're not part of what people are learning in school. They may learn it nowhere else.
5: Okay, and if people would like uh, to speak uh, to a trained counselor, the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre has a 24-hour helpline as you mentioned. That's one 800 77 88 one 800 77 I have to leave it there and thank you indeed for joining us this morning. Nolene Blackwell is uh, the Chief Executive Officer of the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre.
8: Michael, Michael
5: Reid on, on LMFM FM. In less than a month on the 24th of May you'll be asked to vote in uh, the local and European elections and also on a referendum on divorce. In the European elections uh, there's 17 candidates in this constituency, the Midlands and North West, who are hoping to take one of the four seats. That will be up to you. And in between now and polling day we hope to speak to each of the 17 candidates in our constituency on one-on-one in Interviews and also in a series of debates before the election. Let's begin our coverage now with Anne Rabbit, who's a candidate for the European Parliament for Fianna Fáil and joins us by telephone. Good morning to you and thank you indeed for joining us. Good morning,
1: this. Michael. Thank you very much for having me.
5: You're very welcome. Perhaps you'd tell us why you'd ask people to give you their number one.
1: Uh, the, one of the reasons I'd like people to give me the number one is that I've set forward a very clear set of priorities. Most important, one of the main reasons was to improve the regulation in areas such as internet safety, cybernet security and online gambling. And anybody who has watched my work in the doll for the last number of years knows that I'm very passionate in this area and I feel that there isn't enough work being done here. But I also feel that regulation does need to come from Europe to actually enforce on governments how to protect our youth, our most vulnerable assets. That's one of my main, main priorities And I suppose the other priority, Michael, would be to do with infrastructural funding, infrastructural funding in relation to connectivity, be it with the broadband issue, which is a huge issue at this moment in time. But the Research and Innovation Committee has approximately 100 billion in the next programme out there. It's currently running on Horizon 2020. And I would like to secure some of that funding to help people work from home, to develop their businesses, and actually to retain um, some of our skill sets in their own community. And, and curb the immigration.
5: It seems as though the government will go ahead uh, with uh, the National Broadband Plan and proceed with that plan, which may cost €3 billion. Euro. Do you support that?
1: I think that they. it's very expensive, Michael, let's be honest with you. I don't know if it'll end at €3 billion. And the other side of it is as my colleague Brendan Smith would have said yesterday on the Week in Politics, there is other avenues of delivering this as well. And that's, we have ESB polls there already. We have NPR numbers directly that we can hook up people straight away. But the most important thing is we can't be disenfranchising people. That is wrong. Like, and when we talk about the national broadband plan, like it's not just people in the west of Ireland that don't have broadband people in a rural Kildare people in East Mead, they don't have broadband either this is right across the country but we need to, investment needs to come for them
5: Right, and it is an issue that is generic across uh, the constituency, but it is a huge con- constituency, as uh, people have been learning. Brendan Smith, the other Fianna Fáil candidate who you mentioned a moment ago, uh, would he be a better representative for people on the East Coast than Anne Rabbit would be for people in Galway? Uh, if people don't want to be disenfranchised. Should they be looking to people closer to home, in other words?
1: Not at all. As I have quite clearly said to you, I I totally understand the issues right across the constituency. And like, it's not like Ann Rabbit doesn't know um, the east coast of of your area whatsoever. My sister lives in Drogheda. My late husband came from Dunlear and County Loud. I I used to sail out of Carlingford Lock. I am quite well aware of the needs and the people of that particular area, um, because I travel over and back on a regular, regular basis. And connectivity like for people who live on on the eastern side of the, the constituency, traffic is a huge issue for the people. Being stuck on the M50, being stuck going up on the M1 um, and how long it takes them in their commute on a daily basis. infrastructural needs is a huge issue for the people of the east at this moment in time.
5: Do you support uh, a more united Europe uh, in terms of of how uh, the bloc does business and indeed protects itself. There's a a lot of concern about uh, some of uh, the military alignments uh, that are being formed at the moment.
1: There is an awful lot of talk about that, but I do think that by having a strong voices, a united voices, be it from all parties um, going forward to Europe the next time, we, we'll be able to address some of these issues. There's a lot of scaremongering too as well being talked about this, Michael, in relation to the military army. As you know, I, I really believe strongly in neutrality coming from where we are here in Ireland and everything else like that, and I will continue to voice for, for that involvement.
5: Okay, Brexit will obviously uh, define the next Parliament, uh, but at what stage and in which way is as yet unknown. How important uh, should it be uh, in terms of how candidates look at how they'll represent people uh, over the course of the next five years?
1: most people who are voting need to look at the candidates and are they pro-European? So I'm a very pro-European candidate. The other thing what voters need to be looking at is, are people prepared to put on the Irish jersey and work to ensure we get the best possible trade deals going forward? Because actually, whether... How they leave is one thing, but the trade negotiations in phase two is far more critical. And living along the border there, people know that the free trade and the access of goods and services up and down and across the the Irish Sea is most imperative to how we can survive in industry and ensure we do not have a double-dip recession inside 10 years.
5: Uh, are we not best represented in that sense by Finnegale, given its membership of uh, the EPP, because uh, that would be the largest block in, in uh, the European Parliament?
1: I, I beg to differ with you there. It would appear that the largest block after the next European formation will actually be the ALDE Party, of which we will be a member of the Fianna Fáil Party. Um, that is what it's looking like at this moment in time.
5: OK, uh, but we don't have a, a Fianna Fáil representative in this constituency at uh, the moment.
1: Uh, no, you don't. But that is about to change because Anne Rabbit and Brendan Smith are running very, very progressive campaigns at this moment in time. We have divided up the constituency, as you and your voters would be very well aware of at this moment in time. So we are working to maximise our vote to ensure that we have the two of us elected to represent the constituency.
5: Well, undoubtedly, uh, that's uh, as a, a result of uh, the crash in 2008. Uh, do you think uh, that Fianna Fáil has been forgiven?
1: Fianna Fáil has learned an awful lot of lessons from that point in time. There's a lot of people who still burden a lot of that hurt. There's no denying that whatsoever. But we have moved on. People have seen how responsible we have been for the last number of years, how we have done the supply and confidence, and um, to ensure that we have prevented the chaos that we have seen that has happened in Northern Ireland, and the chaos that we've seen across the Irish Sea for the last 18 months.
5: As somebody who worked in banking, Uh, do you believe uh, we've uh, taken uh, the appropriate steps to ensure that uh, we don't have a a crash of the sort we had in 2008? Mm
1: -hmm. We have learned lessons, there's no denying that, and the central bank has learned lessons, everybody has learned lessons right across the sector, be it banking, be it government, to ensure that it doesn't happen. But that's never to say that it won't happen again. A global economic crash can happen at any stage, and anybody who knows economics, you have rises and falls at all times.
5: Okay, well as I say, we hope to speak to all 17 candidates in interviews uh, like this and in debates uh, before the election, Uh, and hopefully uh, we'll speak to you again before that. Uh, before you leave us uh, today, in terms of uh, splitting the constituency, are you asking people this morning to vote one Smith, two Rabbit, or which way is Fianna Fáil planning the vote?
1: Well, it's very clearly divided, so Anne Rabbit has been allocated Galway, Oslaigo and Ross Common for number ones um, and I am sharing Westmead, Longford, um, Mead and Kildare with Brendan um, but if any yes that's how it has been divided up at this moment in time
5: Okay well look thank you indeed uh, for joining us this morning Thanks. That's Anne Rabbit uh, Fianna Fáil candidate uh, for the European Parliament Elections.
8: Michael, Michael Reed on, on
5: LMFM. On the 24th of May, you'll be asked to vote in the local and European elections, as well as a referendum on divorce. Today, we change the format of the programme to allow for our pre-election coverage in the run-up to polling day. Between now and then, we hope to speak to as many local election candidates as possible through a series of debates. The large political parties are selecting which candidates to put forward while independents and others are being selected in draws In the first of our debates we will hear from four candidates in the Ashburn electoral area each of whom will hope to take one of the six available seats After the break we will debate the issues with John Stillman a Fine Gael candidate Lisa Meller, who's a Fianna Fáil candidate Darren O'Rourke a candidate for Sinn Féin and Sharon Keoghan an independent candidate
8: Michael, Michael Reid On
5: LMFM. All right. Well, two of the candidates with us uh, this morning would be uh, pretty well known, I think, to our listeners. So let's begin uh, by hearing from uh, two of uh, the people who we haven't heard from before on uh, the program the Finnegan candidate for the Ashburn electoral area, John Stillman, and Lisa Meller, who is representing Fina Fall. Good morning to both of you. Indeed, good morning to all of our candidates. We'll hear from everybody in the next few minutes. uh, But perhaps uh, we could uh, start with uh, an issue that both of you have. Raised, which is playgrounds. Uh, both of you are looking for playgrounds uh, for your particular areas. But I, I suppose you could say, John, that that's something that every candidate would argue for.
2: Well, you know, I think it's not just the playground, and someone that's needed. It's as a, as a young person myself, born and raised in the area, um, what we need is, is much more than that and that has been lacking for a long number of years now. And um, the Fine Gael team on the council, uh, my colleague Councillor Ann Tobin has done an awful lot of work in that regard and I do welcome um, recent financial commitments on the playground. But the issue, of course, is um, identifying a site there. Um, I would be in favour, obviously, of a playground. Um, I think a, a youth club would be brilliant there as well. Um, excuse me. Um, my Space current, station? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, look, I mean, being realistic, this area needs um, attention. We need local representation. We need someone from the area who understands the issues um, and who can represent the area, not, not people who are from outside the district um who come in once and often have the, at election time. So, you know, um that's I'll be hoping mm. to um to, to make that a reality. So
5: Yeah, yeah. in Stemullen or Gormanson?
2: Well Stemulin is where the, the population is. Mm. Um Gormanson obviously it's a it's a rural village still so, you know, um I think it's not just the Bergen as I said, there's many more issues there as well. Mm. But um
5: No, well, I I say that uh, because uh, I think you'd have a a different view, obviously, Lisa, and I I suppose uh, this is uh, the type of thing that people have to decipher in their own heads uh, to the achievability of these issues, because these are are popular issues that both of you are are bringing and the kind of thing that quite often candidates will latch on to because they know that every mother wants a playground for their child.
8: Well, yeah, look, as I'm actually on the Playground Committee, the SNAP (laughs) Committee's to Money Playground Committee myself, Um, and have worked alongside the committee and indeed with all the local elected councillors to try and get that resource. Um, We are really bad in the Ashburn area, I think, as far as I know. There's only actually one playground in Ashburn itself, Um, so it's a huge resource that's lacking in the area. Um, we have tried really hard over the last few years to you know, get a playground the money is there for the actual furnishing of the playground but trying to get the land itself is a big issue and um, so we have identified two areas now, one is on the corner of the Cockhill Road and the council are currently in negotiations through an expression of interest they did with us mm. um, to try and purchase that land off uh, an owner in the village and then the second area is uh, an area that I kind of really resourced myself, really I invited Uh, the playground committee which is how I end up joining that committee through Community Alert um, to a meeting with the local developer McGarry Riley who owned the City North Hotel and Business Park Mm. Um, they're building in uh, the village at the moment uh, 209 houses and uh, we asked them could they give us some of their um, area for a playground so that's a potential but it would Mm. be next year when the development plan comes in line if that does happen Are, are, are are,
5: Are you from a political background?
8: Um well what i would say is there's a certainly a, a big history in my family. Yeah. Mm. Um, what
5: what made you decide to run?
8: Um well i'm you know i suppose a community activist i volunteered mm. in the area for 15 years as a home of my children and got involved in various committees on the parents association in the local school for 10 years um on the community alert 10 years volunteered with the church mm. um and obviously i'm on the snap committee now as well trying to playgrounds.
5: Okay. John what about yourself? Uh, from a political background, or what inspired you?
2: Not a political family, but um, as I said, being born and raised in the area, one of four quadruped there in and um, in um, just always have, have had an interest in politics and mm. wanting to represent the area locally. We probably need local representation, as everyone is aware, um, in that part of the district. Mm. Um, in terms of just the playground, like the disastrous free and fall government in the past, Fine Gael have, you know, been working hard in terms of getting funding to the to the district. Um, the Fine Gael team. Um, and I'm be part of that team are actually um, have, have been working hard to get 100,000 hmm. to each district under the community immunity scheme and that's something that I would want okay. to use we'll come back try to try and some get of a that, yeah, uh, a moment. in Somal, but, you know, so. uh,
5: Good luck to both of you It's nice yeah. to see some you, uh, you. fresh
3: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out My solution is Plush Care
5: faces and to bring yes, some fresh much. blood uh, to the table. Uh, the other two candidates with us uh, will be well known for their politics uh, and indeed well known generally to our listeners, uh, Sharon Cogan, Independent, and Darren O'Rourke of Sinn Féin. Uh, we're talking about playgrounds. It's an issue, as I said earlier on, that a, a lot of election candidates will campaign on, but uh, it really is an important issue, isn't it, in the sense uh, that it is the building block, to use a play analogy, uh, in terms of the society that we build i think each of you have mm. told us in advance that you have issues relating to policing and uh, yeah. guard resources yeah. and so on uh, but if, if we get it right when children are at a, a very young age yes. perhaps we wouldn't mm. have the sort of issues that we've been talking about on the program this morning Sharon cogan uh, you came into us this morning <laughs> all guns blazing saying there's so much they could do uh, about uh, the gang related crime that we've been talking about
9: what are your thoughts on all of that well, look I at mean, that. I, I suppose I, I've been actively involved in crime prevention programmes for the last number of years, um, particularly with the the text alert. We won one of the largest text alert programmes in in the northeast, uh, covering the areas of Gormanston right up to Kilbride, right down as far as Dunor, um, and everything in between. Um, inter- the introduction of CCTV into our towns of Dulik and Dunor has proved to be a tremendous success and a great asset to the Gardaí. Now, that is something. That I, our previous speakers could could actually introduce, and they could introduce it now and give the money there to Joan Martin to get that CCTV back back up and running to help the guards oh. here here in this town. That is what they can do. I don't want to hear what they what they want to do. It's, you have to be proactive. People have to get up and do stuff because if people don't do it, it doesn't happen. There's no point talking about it. There's no point writing a letter. There's no point getting the minister down or the tea shut down. Yes. He is aware there's problems here in this area, and this this affects all of us. It mm. just doesn't affect Drogheda. It 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 hits all our towns in the hinterlands. Mm. We are all affected by what's going on just, here. Sorry,
2: if we can if just, like we're talking about the Ashman district here. I think I think we need to. Yes, be, but I was we asked to, by the need, inter- need to, you know, refer back to that. And right, okay. But I was asked. There. I was do you, asked. Do you not
5: think it's relevant?
2: Look, this is John Silman. Do, yeah. do you
5: not think it's relevant to the Ashburn district? What's happening well, that's in Rod or well, the Ashburn, aren't,
2: aren't, if I can just say, excuse me, but Sharon is running the Dayton district, and she's also running the Ashburn district as well. And what we need is a local councillor from the area well, who understands the issues. Well, in absolutely, the and, I,
9: and I understand the ar- so I you, understand run, the issues better than, the, better, uh, than, better than better than most. I'm actually working as a full mm. time county councillor, and you have to ask yourself, you know, it is a very demanding role. Mm. And I do this full-time. I have a full-time office. I'm accessible to the public seven days a week. I, I mm. absolutely love the work that I do. I'm dedicated to public mm. service. And this, I find solutions on the ground. Because if I was waiting for Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil to come up so, for, for solutions to serve the people that I represent, I'd be waiting a very right, long well, what time.
5: About, what sorry, about if, if Feng, so, Sorry, John, John, John. John, John uh, John, John, John. Sorry, uh, John. sorry there, there is a chairperson of this debate, John. I'd ask you uh, to... Uh, give people time course, to speak yeah. uh, and uh, allow us to decide whether the topics are relevant or not and I'd like to go to Darren O'Rourke because we believe uh, that it, it's a topic uh, that is of importance to everybody in every pocket yes. of the country mm.
9: Absolutely, no,
4: of it, it, it absolutely is and I, I think part of the conversation that we're having here and I, and I have to say we're in the middle of an election campaign mm-hmm. here everybody's entitled to put their hand up and say vote for me and mm-hmm. and in fairness Absolutely. to the four of us here we've yes. done that and to yeah. the other other candidates on the list so that's democracy let it unfold yes. the people will elect who, who they elect mm-hmm. i think the con- in my experience as a as a local government representative i think it's it's been one of you know getting to know the the, the role but also a, a huge frustration that there is a lack of appreciation and understanding from government of the importance of of local government. And what we talk about is unmet need. And when we talk about playgrounds, when we talk about community facilities, it's about bad planning, historic bad planning, and unmet need. And you can go across every community, and I think it's, I, I would advise new candidates coming in Rather than promise the sun, moon and stars to people and say that I will bring the money to Samolyn or I will bring the money to Ashbourne or I will bring the the money to different parts of the constituency because I am local to that area. I think it's very important to understand that Meath County Council is the single worst funded council in the country. The single no, worst this, one in county, in county, in no, no, in no, 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 a second, a second, a second, yeah, a, a second. My, Mr. So, Michael Wing has... John, John just relax for, for a moment. Uh, John,
5: John, John please. In, in John, please. In the county
2: council there last year. From John. From. John, I will John. have to pull
5: your microphone if you continue to interrupt so, because we have to give
4: equal time to everybody, please. So, so so that's a reality that all of us have to deal with. And it's, it's brutally frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's brutally frustrating. If there are new councillors elected, they will be faced with the reality of local communities coming to them and saying... You know, these are reasonable demands: community facilities, basic maintenance of of roads, footpaths. Um, footpaths ba- basic yes. but, right. but the, the unmet need is is absolutely very significant, and I and I think that's an understanding that all we all right. need. A, and. I think we need it's, mm. it's at a government level rather than at and that's an the a, issue a that John
5: level. Stillman was raising there. But but instead mm. of telling us what Mister Ring Minister Ring has done, but perhaps uh, you'd address the main point there, which is that Maid County Council is the most underfunded local authority but in the, the country.
2: Issue, I'm bringing it back to the local level because Minister Ring has invested five million euro last year at, at county level in mm. terms of. Into, into road development funds. I want to be that local person in my district to invest that money into the area like Simona and Canalby. But Bay, sure, anybody East can North do Catholic. it if
5: he's done it. We, I'm working uh, on a can he, he wants to
2: get more. He wants to get more. But there's two Fine councillors already
9: candidate. in your area that are elected. Yeah, no, no, nobody elect- over there
2: myself, Sharon. Sorry, there mm. are two
9: Fine councillors sitting at that table in Ashburn already in that area, and what have they delivered for the people of that area? Well, tell a, me, to tell a me large what degree, though the
5: executive will decide how the money is spent. Not
9: necessarily, hmm? not necessarily, but You've to a large degree, n- not necessarily. At the end of the day, you've got to be in there. You've got mm. to be shouting for your own area. That and is why I'm to do, And that do, is Sharon. the only way you're going to get things done. And you have to be able to collaborate with people. Yeah, to and work, work with people, people. of course. Yeah. And that exactly. And you can't go in there shouting, "I want this. I want." It doesn't work that mm. way. And you have to also look at other areas I where, you, like might, like where, where, where you might get with, funding. With my friends and, you and have colleagues, to be, and
2: cross-party you as well. Have,
9: you have to know where you're going to get the funding. There's no point saying, "I'm going to put a playground in." Where am I going to get the funding for that? But it we do know be, where the funding is, from. We've it already may, got a it financial commitment be, from the council. It two may two be... Two. Two we do know where the funding fund
5: is. John, John do, you, do you not think that I'm going to give you enough time in the programme? Or... It did Fidigale train you to constantly interrupt and, and tell you that not you'll all, get a strong I, message no, across? Because all. I just want to, because, want because, to be clear facts, but, if, if but, that's
2: okay.
5: We, but and, we'll give you the time to do that. You see, the thing is, is that we're on the radio now, right? Uh, and that, this yeah. is terrible to listen to when somebody is talking and somebody is talking over them and you don't know which one to listen to. So if you wouldn't mind just letting people speak and then we promise you we'll give you the time to make your point. Is that okay? Do you? Do you okay, mind, Mike, funny.
9: if I address yeah, the yeah. issue in relation to why, John, I am running in two areas? Mm. And I think that's important for your listeners mm. out there. I certainly wouldn't be running in two areas if there was a need not to run those areas for the people. The people have asked well, have me got to. if you get elected in both. If I get elected in both, I will take a constitutional challenge to hold on to the second seat. Would you? Mm. Absolutely, I will. Mm. I absolutely will take a constitutional challenge, uh, and there is room to do that. Um, I believe that uh, I work hard. The people of the area, from Gormanston right mm. up to to Curaha, Kentstown, hmm. uh, Bellewstown, Arcatl and okay. I, I have represented those people for the last five years. People have come to me. They've come into my doors okay. and they've got help. And so that's the response.
5: We had Charlie, the accusation yes, we and we've had the response. Now we'll go to other issues because... Uh, Thank
9: you uh, for me allowing to,
8: me to address that issue. Thank you. OK,
5: Lisa Mellor, mm-hmm. uh, you believe that there's youth issues that need uh, to be uh, uh, addressed. How can you do that as a county councillor?
8: Um, well, I think we need a lot of youth resources in the area. Um, at the moment there's talk of Gormiston College um, moving across and building in the field opposite them, which means, for example, that the Stamullin Football Club are going to lose their grounds. So they're all very worried about that. So we need to find a new area for them. Um, there's also maybe a need for something like a youth cafe. There's a huge um, older teenage population in the area of Stamullen, um, including my own three daughters who are older teenagers as well. Mm. and. While there's absolutely loads of fantastic clubs in Stamulham, from gymnastics to taekwondo to GAA, fantastic GAA club, um, it's the older teenagers that we do need to look after. And, you know, th- mm. really the, the parks and recreation facilities are non-existent. I mean, when we first did our first um, Community Alert uh presentation to me County Council eight years ago, we didn't even have a pot plant or a bin in mm. We literally were the village that me County Council forgot. We've worked very hard on the community Lair committee to get where we are now, and pedestrian crossings and all other kinds of things, and mm-hmm. as I say, we're working hard with the playground committee now to try and okay. secure that, and hopefully that will happen within the Darn next or year.
5: Darren are you believer in youth cafes? Uh, some would argue that they're a, a magnet or a meeting place uh, for kids who are already in trouble, and they learn how to cause more trouble off the kids that they're meeting there.
4: No, well, I think um, again, it's. I think they have a role to play in a in a system that nurtures community spirit. I think mm. that's what you know. They, they they certainly have a role, as do playgrounds, as do skate parks, as do boxing clubs and football clubs and rugby clubs, and and mm. and as do schools. You know, so I think it's about. That joined-up thinking that is completely lacking, um, and we've seen it. And the danger is it exists there in in St at the minute. Uh, and we're walking into the new county development plan, which has been has been delayed, but we're walking into it again with a developer-led approach to planning. And we the, the county council. Um, because of the, the tools they have been given by yeah. central government have very little little role yeah. in, in actually it's constraining so, it's so, so the developer who so has the money though isn't So it? So, yeah. so we might argue um, in if, if we're developing houses um, or uh, commercial facilities in, in the Stamolin area or right across yeah. the electoral district that we want to front load community facilities. We want to see, r- before the houses are delivered, we want the community centre mm. delivered. We want to see the playground delivered. And
5: the roundabout. And the,
4: uh, and and the and our, and and yeah, yeah And, and all yeah. of that. Um, but mm. we have very little authority to make that happen. And that's, so So when we go and meet the, the, the council officials, we look for these things. Mm. And the council can say, oh, well, we're constrained in relation to that. and So it's, it's hugely frustrating on, on our behalf as councillors. Mm. So how long have you been a councilor In been a councillor for five years, and, and it has mm. been... And, uh, and you
5: haven't been able to do that in five
4: years? Oh, no, in, in, in fairness, I think we can, we can look at our achievements, and, you know, some of them, I, I have to say, as a mm. starting point... I'm not so suggesting so that anybody no, else would no, be able to I do no.
5: it because it's where the power no, lies. I, this I, is what no, I was saying to Sharon Kilgore so, so about the executive making so, so decisions. So,
4: yes, yeah, so, mm. I, so I think as a starting point, I think it's important to say that there isn't a community across the whole county of Mead and probably Loud that hasn't got an unmet need from mm-hmm. the local authority. Um, and there's a number of reasons in relation to that. Primarily, I think is an appreciation of the role of local government and mm. the role that they play and the adequate resourcing is of there,
5: them. Is there a question over your candidature? Because uh, we were questioning Sharon Kogan running in two areas. Uh, if you're uh, elected or re-elected, uh, are you going to give up your seat and run for the doll?
4: Well, and, and I, I presume Councillor Kogan might have, have similar ambitions. Yeah, I'm... Mm. I'm, I'm uh, I'm not going to give up my seat, but obviously I'm I am a, a selected candidate for the for the Dáil constituency. I, I I would actually see it as as a, a significant advantage for the Ashburn electoral area to have a TD from the area for the first time ever. Obviously, should such a scenario arrive, there would be a, there would be a co option, and we have a team of people in Sinn Féin who are running a, a second candidate this time round in in Ashling O'Neill in in Ashburn. Um, so I think that would actually strengthen the voice of the Ashburn electoral area but that's entirely up mm-hmm. to the, the electorate when, when, it, when it does come round
5: okay. uh, John Stillman uh, you were talking about uh, working with your Fine Gael mm-hmm. colleagues uh, mm-hmm. and uh, delivering on uh, the achievement of the Fine Gael government but mm-hmm. uh, I suppose that also means uh, that uh, you represent the failings of the current administration Well
2: just if I may come in on that point that was raised about um, Darren being a, a general election candidate I think what I want to do is bring my candidature to the table as a local election candidate, obviously, and to 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 work on the local issues in the area for people and work with the strong Finegel team that we do have on the county council level. At the moment, we we control the council with the independent group, and we have seen um, over the years since since the since the downturn, we have seen investment increase year on year, um, and obviously with with rural funding. As I said before, we've seen five million there last year from the national uh, from Minister Ring and his department to the Department of Rural. Community And development, and I want to make sure that that is allocated, trickles down all the way down to local level in the likes of Stamon and Gormanston to see the representation that people really deserve. And actually having been born and raised there in, in Stamon and Gormanston, you know, people have been crying out on, on the doors, people have been saying to me, for 50 years, we've been crying out for footpaths in Gormanston. And, you know, why is that? Because we've never had local representation mm. from the area. People from the area who understand. That's, the well, issues. sorry,
9: that's very untrue. And I, I know. Back in 2014, I addressed a lot of those issues that that, that I, I came across it, it, with regards to the footpath there at Gormanstown, with regards to the pedestrian crossing there at Goff's Corner, with, with regards to the pedestrian crossing there <coughs> in the centre of the village. But, I am sorry, and, Sharon, and and the I'm community life, Mr. for the pedestrian those, crossing. Those those, at those issues corner. Corner. were those issues were addressed by the current council, and those issues were actually provided by the current council. So. You know, we are familiar with the issues. Mm. I mean, yesterday morning I was in Stomullen in a housing estate with six hundred, with six hundred, with six hundred houses that had very, very little power in their water. Yous mm, were I'm putting up posters while I was trying things. to so deal with the local. I was While I, I, yeah. I, I was actually, I was actually, I was actually okay. okay the,
5: well, let's well, go was, to the Fáil candidate. Yeah, yeah. right? Lisa Mellor, oh, yeah. uh, John Silman said, uh, "Let's not make the mistakes of the past and uh, bring back uh, representatives of what was a disastrous administration." Uh, would you? Uh, be making the kind of mistakes uh, that were made in the past, as he suggests?
8: Well, I hope not going forward. I hope we've all learned from past mistakes and that, you know, if if I get elected, I certainly intend to do, continue the good work I've been doing in Stamwell for the last 15 years. Um, You know, and work with uh, whoever, you know, TDs and all local uh, councillors that are elected to do the best I can do and work hard for the people of the area.
5: Mm. Uh, And... I mean, if people don't like some of uh, the things uh, that they live with today, it is quite often due to the Fianna Fáil Green government, uh, things mm. like uh, the property tax.
8: Yeah. Um, again, you know, these are things that have happened in the past, and I hope that going forward we can, you know, make mm. progress in these issues. Can
5: That's you can, can you match the Fine Gael pledge? I believe uh, your party headquarters has been telling you to say that there won't be an increase in the property tax.
2: Um. At the, well, at, just on the property tax at the moment, um, the, the local property tax valuation has, has, has um, been uh, deferred. For, mm. for, no, I know, yeah. 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 So
5: is it going to increase?
2: I can't answer that. At the no, moment. I don't. is okay. looming. I, I assume. I, I, I,
5: assume. I, I, thought, I thought headquarters had said to tell yes. you that it wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but Pianna can can't match that promise, can they?
8: Well, again, I can't comment because, uh, mm. you know, I don't know. Uh, Sinn Féin wants forward? to
5: abolish it.
4: Yeah, well, I, I suppose, again... Oh. I, I situate the, con- the the conversation in relation to local government within the, the broader context of mm. funding for local government. And I, and in fairness, I brought a motion uh, to the council that every member of the executive were nodding their head when I said there needs to be a review of the funding for local government and the way mm. we do it. And, and Councillor Keoghan will know this in terms mm. of the competitive nature of all of the funding. So there's there's staff in Meade County Council that are essentially full-time uh, chasing funding for the council, and and knowing and knowing that they're okay. not going to be successful. So, so mm. for, you know, for staff spending their time full time uh, chasing competitive funding, knowing that they're not going to be yes, successful okay. for it. So, so it's a complex. It's a complex. Every department across the board, in some shape or form, contributes to local government. Local yes. government funding, mm. and it's so complicated. It's such a mm. such a mess that it needs to be streamlined. And we believe that the local property tax isn't a part of that, that, that picture. Okay. And just mm-hmm.
5: let John Selma make his point very briefly.
2: Yeah, just on, on, on local funding and stuff, is, is it not the case that Sinn Féin have voted against every budget since, since the last term has started in 2014? Like Finnegade are the only yeah. party with so, the independent group that have actually yeah. voted for this budget so, and are, are okay. getting money through so to okay, local areas.
4: So yeah. we've been having a conversation here for the last half an hour about how there's such unmet need in County Mead. Every year Sinn Féin has a problem with that. Every single year. And I can guarantee you, John, that as long as this keeps going, as long as Mead County Council stays at the bottom of local government funding, we will continue to vote against budgets. And I have to say, I am proud of that fact. And I wish your government and your party would do something about it. Okay.
5: Uh, we're just finished. One minute uh, around the table in uh, reverse order uh Sharon Kilburn, <laughs> sorry, you were telling are you, me. Are you? I thought you go this way. Okay, I you were I, telling me to well, go I, the other way. Oh, all right, okay. okay.
9: Uh, well, it, it, when it, were you ever done? Did you ever do what you were told, Mike? Independent um,
5: candidate, Sharon. Independent,
9: Keoghan. Sharon. I'm independent. People know that I'm independent. People know that I'm hardworking. I absolutely believe that I'd be able to uh, represent the people from Gormanston right up as far as Ashburn. Um, there's so many issues in relation to the, the the public and what they're facing, particularly in the rural areas. Um, I believe I'm the best person to take that job and I know that I can give them my full attention. I'm a full-time county councillor, unlike any of my colleagues sitting around this table here today. When you ring Sharon Kogan's phone you'll get her and I want the people of that area to vote number one. And... Help me be the okay. first woman ever to be elected in Ireland in two municipal areas. Thank, Thank you very
5: much indeed. Uh, Sinn Féin candidate Darren O'Rourke.
4: So there's such a, a range of issues and we haven't touched on them all uh, today. You know, it, it can include rural decline, transport infrastructure, housing. We mentioned lack of community facilities. We, we didn't talk about economic development. It is really important that the Ashbourne electoral area has a very strong voice. I was the first elected Sinn Féin councillor five years ago. We we're ambitious to elect two county councillors this Time round with myself and Aisling O'Neill. We believe that it's really important to break the Fine Gael and Finna, Finna, Fianna Fáil monopoly that has been in place in the Ashbourne electoral area and Mead County Council for almost 100 Thank years.
5: Indeed. Uh, Fianna Fáil candidate Lisa Meller.
8: Um, yeah, again, I have a proven track record of the last 15 years of all the volunteer work I've done. I haven't been paid a penny for any of that. Um, that's why I'm going up now to continue all the hard work. Met a lot of people on the doors. A lot of issues, again, as Darren said, we haven't touched on. Kilmune Cross, the new school in Ashburn, Garda Resources. I'm hearing all about that on the doors and I'm canvassing individually. And I really will work very hard if I do get elected in the area.
5: OK, and uh, finally, Fine Gael candidate, John Silman.
2: Thanks very much, Michael. Just, um, again, we didn't get to touch on a lot of issues there, but there's mental health. It was a, big, it was a very important issue for me. Um, the one billion in funding that uh, we've, we've invested in um, in mental health, and we're we're, we're increasing that um, year and year, and we want to we want to have that trickle down to to the local um, area. Myself, um, I happen to be um, to be gay, and I know growing up in in the area there was was difficult, but of course we need. We need to keep uh, the conversation going there in terms of breaking down stereotypes and wanting to, to represent young people as well. So there's lots of issues there, like local amenities that we've touched on. Realisation crime is another one that I'm, that I'm very much concerned about and illegal dumping as well. Um, and I just like to thank you Mike for, for having us in uh, today. Well thank, thank you so to each of you for, for coming
5: in and uh, the best of luck to everybody and to all much. of uh, the candidates. Uh, we'll uh, hopefully talk uh, again before the election on the 24th but thank you for coming Mike,
9: can I have one plug before I go? Go on. <laughs> and it, was, it, it is to do with mental <laughs> health. Okay, It's David uh, Coleman, the client psychologist is coming to Deleague tomorrow uh, evening at 7.30 as part of the Feel Good project. I haven't been allowed to mm. talk about this on radio because obviously the election was coming up yeah. but now that I'm here I want to... Uh, ask all your listeners to please come if you take a nugget of knowledge away um, it might help people with parent- parenting with regard to teenagers okay. so please tomorrow evening in Dulic Church half past seven uh, David Coleman child psychologist okay. and, and it's deli- free
5: yeah, and I am delighted you mentioned that thank you indeed thank you very much thanks to each thank of you, you for thanks coming in to us uh, this morning uh, the four candidates uh, in the Ashburn electoral area uh, that we spoke to John Stillman of Fine Gael Fianna Falls, Lisa Mellor Darren O'Rourke of Sinn Féin and Independent Sharon Coghan
8: Michael
5: Reed on LMFM. Now let's find out what you've been saying to us. Marie Kearns uh, joins us at this new time uh, under this new format in the run-up to uh, the elections. Uh, We'll go back to the usual time of uh, 10 o'clock, Marie, uh, after...
10: When it's all over. When it's
5: all over. (laughs) But uh, because of uh, the debates and to make time for the debates, uh, we're going to run the debates every day at uh, 10 o'clock and then you're going to come in shortly after the debates, which will give people a chance to comment on what's been said in the debates as well Uh, but before you tell us what people have been saying to us uh, this morning maybe I should apologise because uh, I tend not to shave sometimes at the weekends uh, and I didn't shave on Saturday or Sunday and I just was too late and tired this morning uh, but I didn't know that they were going to put the debate on Facebook Live and, uh, <laughs> Michael uh, I
10: didn't know where you were going with this yeah.
5: So um, that's right Yeah. So, so if people see me looking a little uncouth or whatever apologies for that so I don't I think we did. get to see
10: much of your face Michael oh, you it's not? the back no. of your head yes, so you'd yes, want to make sure yes, the hair is yes, brushed yes, okay. the bit you have left yes, a little bit
5: left ok <laughs> alright so that's on Facebook Live if uh, people missed the, the debate but anyway uh, we've had a very busy
10: morning what we people really, have been saying to Michael us? the phones hmm. say they've been hopping would be an understatement after the interview first of all at the top of the show uh, with Deputy Fergus O'Dead and Declan Brannock just in relation to the uh, escalating feud in Drogheda lots of comments a listener Michael is being rude not allowing Fergus to tell the people of Drogheda what he has been doing to try and help the current situation uh, Michael you're acting like Fergus is out there throwing the petrol bombs be professional let him speak leave your personal issues out of it the people of the town need to come out and stand up uh, f- uh, you cannot blame the politicians we need to have guardy all over every street in the town We had a phone call from a taxi driver this morning. Michael didn't want to give his name, but says, Michael, I've the finger on the pulse as to the way people are feeling in this town. And they are so scared. It's unbelievable. People getting into my taxis. You wouldn't believe how afraid they are. He said, I know of one case where a husband and wife, because they fear that their neighbours may have connections to this. They're, they are taking turns every night to sit up because they are afraid that their house is going to be petrol bombed by mistake and that their children will be burned in their beds. And he says this is the stories that we are hearing as taxi drivers. He's saying that taxi drivers won't go into certain areas now. And he says, I have never seen fear like it. That everybody is asking, why are more not brought in to deal with this? That something has to give and that it's, it cannot go on when you have people afraid to sleep at night.
5: okay. Well, uh, enough is enough. That's uh, the message from Drogheda. Well, it might be. I I don't know. We might find out on Saturday if it is uh, the way people feel. Let's uh, hear more. Paddy McQuillan is a local election candidate, former councillor, and joins us now because you're organising a demonstration asking people to meet at 12 o'clock on Saturday to say enough is enough if that's how people feel. Good morning to you.
11: Good morning, Michael. How are you? Uh, uh, well, yes, Michael. Yeah, it is. People have had enough. People are sick of this whole thing. People are living in fear. They're afraid to walk the streets. Like, what have we got on the streets now? We have shootings, pipe bombs, petrol bombs, children find the guns. This is, this is crazy stuff, Michael. It has to stop. It uh, has to stop.
5: What will a, a demonstration like this achieve?
11: Well, well, the, the way it is at the moment, Michael, it's it seems that Minister Flanagan is obviously not listening to the TDs. So maybe he might listen to the people of Drada if they come out in force. We need to to show show him that this is unacceptable to us. And we want him to give the Gardaí the resources they need to fight this feud.
5: I suppose... There's the prospect of sending a, a message to the gangs, little prospect of them listening, but uh, as you say, if the message is strong enough, perhaps those who are in authority will take heed and take
11: action. Well, absolutely, Michael. The Gardaí, to the credit, in rather, are stretch to the limits, but to star of the resources, and in turn, and in people are living in fear. This, just, it's unacceptable to the people, and we're absolutely sick of this, and we've had enough of it. And the latest incident, that shooting, and then the peddling, this is just more incidents in a long line of events that's been plaguing our town for the last God knows how long.
5: Okay, I think people agree with you. Uh, it's up to them to say if uh, they do and want to stand beside you. The, the people won't be in danger if uh, they come out or anything like that, will they? No, they won't. OK, so give us the details. This is happening on Saturday coming.
11: Saturday. Now, there was, we were going to have it at 12 o'clock for uh, communion on in, in St. Peter's Church, uh, so we don't want to disrupt the, the big pay for the children. So we're going to have it at 4 o'clock on Saturday.
5: 4 o'clock meeting outside of St. Peter's Church, West Street, Drogheda, this Saturday, and we will remind people of that throughout the course of the rest of this week. Thanks for joining us this morning, Paddy.
11: Oh, well, thank you very thank much. Thank
5: you indeed. Paddy McQuillan is an independent local election candidate and uh, that is a demonstration that uh, people of all political persuasions and none are invited to indeed uh, all community business representatives and uh, residents uh, for that matter. If you'd like to make a, a statement by marching peacefully this Saturday uh, against the violence uh, that Drogheda has experienced, the danger that people in Drogheda are now living under, uh, you're welcome to meet four o'clock, as he says, outside St. Peter's Church this Saturday. Marie
10: a phone call from Marie who says that she feels the book lies with the government over what is going on in Drogheda. She says we have the flag kill coming up in the summer. We needed to have it sorted out before then. Is it going to get worse? That's what everybody is wondering. Is it going to be all out war? You'd nearly want a curfew and the army in. Marie says like many others, I'm very nervous now Michael, even walking in Drogheda. I have to bring my child to the hospital for a reason and I'm nervous walking to and from the hospital. When I saw the video of the innocent bystander walking past the gate of the house and they still opened fire. It's so frightening. You shouldn't have to be debating this on the radio. Why is there a debate? It should be automatic when something like this is going on that more guardie are deployed to the town and we need guardy that are armed. I feel sorry for the poor Guardie that have to go out with, n- with uh, no guns. It must be very tough on mm, them.
5: Okay, strong feelings. Yes,
10: Bernadette says that she took offence uh, she says she lives on the outskirts of Drogheda not in the centre of town but she took offence with Deputy O'Dowd's comments in relation to him bringing the Minister for Justice to Moneymore as if it was only Moneymore that was the problem. It's nothing to do with just Moneymore it's a much bigger problem and I took huge offence to that singling out one estate. Yeah, Uh, well,
5: you know, I think we should, uh, in uh, fairness uh, to Fergus O'Dowd, say that uh, a lot of the attacks have uh, been in the Moneymore estate and uh, indeed one of uh, the gangs uh, involved uh, seems uh, to be based in Moneymore
10: for that matter. Uh, Berndet goes on to say that yourself and Deputy O'Dowd were like two rottweilers, disgraceful. Uh, uh, she felt part of the debate she feels that uh, the people of Ireland the people of Drogheda the Garda need more support a good strong Garda presence in all communities I'm very angry Michael I'm not a young person but I'd hate to think my grandchildren growing up in a place that is not safe
5: Mm. I think maybe that's the problem Uh, we're all a little bit angry
10: how can we have ample uh, ample policing on the streets of Drogheda last August for the flower when we can't have them now to save the lives of the people of Drogheda. Mm. I'm not falling for uh, the excuses that politicians are giving.
5: Yeah, I can imagine people being a little bit hesitant to visit Drogheda. Um, I mean, the reputation of uh, the town is in tatters.
10: It is, unfortunately. Yeah,
5: yeah, We're everywhere. We're
10: all over Mm. every news, Mm. you know, broadcasting, radio, Mm. television, print media. We're making headlines for all the wrong reasons. Mm.
5: Yeah as a dangerous that, that most dangerous place in the country uh, I, I think uh, it would seem at the moment
10: another listener says good for you Fergus are dead about time Michael Reid was told to shut up uh, does not give people the chance to answer a question well done Michael says another texter for at least trying to get answers but the blame game goes on but we need to keep going until something is done mm. says another listener uh, I'm just wondering why we cannot bring the army in that we brought them in last year when it was needed and they go out abroad to offer protection in other countries. Drogheda needs to have this kind of protection now. The uh. texter says, Fergus Adjad can write as many times as he wants, but it would make no difference. Uh, Deputy uh, Declan Bratton said months ago that the guards are breathing down the neck of the perpetrators, but nothing seems to have changed since that. Jack yeah. wants to know, is the flag going ahead this year? It could be very dangerous at what's going on. Well, as far as I know, it mm. is still. We haven't heard anything different, and I suppose everybody be hoping that this will be solved before mm. then. Fianna Fáil are as responsible for what is happening on the streets of Drogheda, says another listener. After all, they are supporting Fine Gael.
5: Mm. okay
10: so that's just a flavour of those on, on oh, that on topic that alone topic. yeah, yeah. Okay. you know yeah, right. so mm-hmm. if I get a chance later on I'll touch on the topics concerning Ashburn but if not okay. I'll do that tomorrow
5: and you'll be back around half ten tomorrow yes. this new time slot yes. for uh, the month or so before the elections uh, on the 24th of May we'll go back uh, to the old format then but it uh, just gives us the room to debate the issues with the candidates between ten and half ten otherwise thanks for that Marie okay. and thanks to everybody who's been in touch with us If you'd like to add to what's been said our telephone number 1850 715
8: 958 Michael Reed
5: on LMFM Well I think it's clear that many people in the Drogheda area feel intimidated because of the gangland crime and that's because they are innocent bystanders who don't want to get caught up in the gunfire or the petrol bombs or whatever other violence is taking place as a result of these gangs but what if you're directly involved if you're a drug user or one of your family are and you're being intimidated to directly by these gangs well let's hear about some of the help uh, that is available Pio Smith of uh, the Red Door Project joins us now Pio obviously a well-known local councillor as well good morning to you and thanks uh, for joining morning, us and like you're publishing uh, advice uh, for people and making help available to people who may be directly involved.
0: Yeah, in the first instance, we're going to run a, a training course for frontline workers, so for social workers, uh, GPs, clerics, uh, community workers, basically, on how to deal with uh, an individual or a family group that might present to them and uh, who have been intimidated by a drugs gang. I'm basically trying to train up people <clears throat> to respond to, the, to, to these people in a positive way, uh, to listen to them, to you know hear their story, to be able to. Uh, sit with them over a period of time uh, and give them support because intimidation is really a—it's a hidden experience and, and it has to be dealt with in a very sensitive and confidential manner. And there's a lot of secrecy and silence and, uh, around this issue, and many people feel isolated. Uh, so if, if we can build up a network around the town where people can feel safe to come and share their experiences with uh, different individuals or different groups. Uh, Then it it breaks down that secrecy, that silence, that isolation, and it leaves that individual or that family uh, with the tools necessary to decide then what they have to do next.
5: Will it make any difference? Will they decide to do something different? Because if you're feeling intimidated, it's because of the threat that looms over you. And uh, I suppose you could argue that if you try to resist what's being asked of you, that that threat could heighten.
0: Yes, exactly, and that's one of the reasons why people don't uh, actually report incidents to the guards uh, because you know they feel there'll be no action taken. They feel that uh, they nobody will listen. They feel that even if they did go the whole way, that no prosec- the prosecutions are very unlikely. And uh, you know we have people living in the states in the town who are living in close proximity to people who are actually threatening them as well. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty around uh, what's going on, and I think. Like, this program initially is designed to facilitate uh, the frontline workers with the skills necessary to, to talk to these people in the first place. Uh, it's also very closely linked in with uh, the, the uh, National Drugs Unit of Angarda of, uh, of and uh, It isn't a situation where frontline workers are going to report incidents to the guards, but I think it's, what it is, it's, it's capacity building. It's bringing confidence to people that... Uh, they can make a decision hmm. and if they do make a decision then there will be actions that will be followed up uh, and uh, it will give them some sense of comfort that they're not on their own I think, that's the main thing I
5: hmm. uh, said at the outset uh, that there's innocent bystanders and uh, there's uh, people who are directly involved uh, because uh, maybe they've bought drugs or owe oh, money for drugs or whatever, but there's people in between as well, aren't there? There's, there, there's family members uh, who've uh, been the subject of uh, threats, whether that's uh, a bullet in their head or their house being burnt down or being sexually assaulted, as the case may be.
0: Yeah, and that's the reality of it. I mean, if you if you look at the category of people who are being intimidated, uh, particularly in to from my experience and from from the from the knowledge I have from other people as well, uh, it's it's mainly women and mainly mothers and uh, and daughters. And uh, even nationally, when you look at the figures in relation to uh, the the people who are being intimidated, 35% of people who have been intimidated are uh, mothers and daughters. And then the vast majority then are the individuals themselves who have run up to debt. Uh, so you know we need to train people up to respond uh, in in a positive way, but in a in a professional way to yeah. the different categories. Because you know many of the of the women who will present to us uh, will be suffering from post traumatic stress uh, or other types of anxiety disorders, and they'll be very very anxious about uh, even speaking to anybody in a confidential way. Equally, we we need to look at young people who are involved in the feuds in 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 the gangland activity, who may be carrying out some of this activity because they themselves owe a drug debt and we need to be able to intervene there with some of those people because basically if we can't intervene with them the probability is that they will go on to even greater crime as they get older Uh, so this is an intervention that's important and uh, you know it needs the backing of the state in relation to roll it out across the county we're starting off in draw in may
5: and who should people make contact with if uh, they feel uh, they uh, are in danger of some sort?
0: Well, when this programme is is completed, uh, there will be a press release in relation to who people can make contact with. But in the meantime, people can make contact with uh, community organisations, they can make contact with their GP, they can make contact with uh, uh, clerics, people of trust, uh, that they trust personally. And, uh, you know, when this program is, is finished then there will be a full list then in relation to the organizations and the individuals who people can contact then if they feel that they need to sit down and talk about the intimidation that they're suffering mm.
5: and i suppose as we've already said uh, the fear that they have is uh, that if they're in danger that it could become all the more dangerous or is there the prospect or is there the ability to protect people
0: well, there, this is the problem. There is a limited ability to, to protect people. I mean, the guards can only do so much. And you're right. We're talking here about a number of different consequences of intimidation. We're talking about death in the worst case. And mm. there have been some people, not necessarily in Drogheda, but across the country who, who, who have lost their lives. We're looking at suicide. And, uh, you know, I've, I, I've talked to people who have been on the brink of suicide. We're looking at permanent disfigurement where, uh, you know, people are cut with razor blades, blades from the rear to the mouth, and left with permanent scars on both sides of their face. So there's significant mental health issues here, and not to mention the fact then that individuals and families who do decide to pay up are faced then with significant money problems because a lot of people would be on low wages or social welfare, and it increases the burden on them. Mm. So it's important that we design programs that will be effective and that will run over a number of years, uh, that will intervene uh, with people in impoverished families,
5: impoverished areas. And tailor made uh, for this particular this issue. problem. Uh, you're, start this work uh, today. Uh, when do you hope uh, to have it completed and uh, to have uh, the appropriate people in place uh, and contactable? The.
0: The programme's starting on the 8th of May. It'll run for uh, about two weeks. And then after that, then we're hoping in in June, then that uh, it'll be rolled out then across the town and across the county.
5: All right, look, thank you indeed uh, for telling us about it. P.O. Smith for joining us for that matter. P.O. Smith is a a local councillor and uh, talking to us on behalf of the Red Door Project this morning. That's where we leave you. Our time has run out, God willing. We'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning, bye-bye.
4: The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now Michael at LMFM.ie.
6: LMFM
3: Podcasts. Brought to you with Cartmacross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmacross Credit Union O'Neill Street or Cartmacrosscu.ie.